Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys. Today we're talking about five questions parents must reflect on, or at least are really important to. Yeah, you guys, I'm super excited about uh, just diving into this topic again, especially right now. I feel like it's very relevant, Isaac. Um, This time of year, you guys, do you realize that four years ago, we started this podcast and the first two episodes were on setting vision for your family and cultivating culture within your family. culture, the right family culture, yeah. Yes. And so um, today's topic kind of goes along with those two podcasts. We really want to urge you to listen to today, but also to go back and listen to those. That's episode one and episode two of season one, um, because truly when it comes to courageous parenting, um, when it comes to biblically parenting, those two things, having vision for your family, the Bible says that those without vision will perish, right? Mm -hmm. And so we need to have vision and we need to understand that the culture that is set within our family, we have impact over that. We have a huge influence and the words we use, the actions we take, the the decisions we make about the agenda for the year, what things we're doing and so forth, all Mm -hmm. make a accumulated effect and impact on how your children are being raised, the influences you allow Mm -hmm. to have on them and all these things. So we're going to talk about these five things to reflect on rather quickly uh, because we want to simplify this and really help you have a marriage conversation Mm -hmm. uh, that we just think is vital this time of year because it's coming to the end of the year so you can reflect on a period of time Mm -hmm. that um, you can look at all those things. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just want to encourage you guys, this is something that Isaac and I have done for many, many years. I would say probably at least 20 years since we've been married, 23 and a half years. I think that there's probably been 20 years where we've been specifically focused on this around this time of year where we've evaluated all of these different areas of our kids' lives as well as of our own. And you guys, it's one of the things that I would say keeps our marriage um, renewed, if you will. You know what I mean? And on the same page and feeling like we're a team and working together because this is a time where you can share your heart and he can share his heart and you can work together and become aligned. And you'll notice that this isn't a list of everything. You have to listen to episode one for that uh, and two. But this is the five, really what we think are most important. Um, You'll notice provision money isn't in there. That Mm -hmm. is really important. But what I would say to that as we go into this is that as that is very important, oftentimes that distracts away from the five Yeah, is the hustle and the trying to figure out and to, or just maybe goals financially and so forth. So Mm -hmm. while it's good to have goals for financial, we do too. It's important that that motivation, that drive, that direction doesn't hinder the five. Mm-hmm. And so it's And it not- doesn't like um, drive the decisions made in the other five categories as well. I would say if anything, these five categories should actually drive that yes. more than anything. 
And so we're super excited to jump into this. But before we dive in, we just wanted to say thank you for joining us and supporting the 10 Million Legacies movement. This is exciting to be doing this with you guys. I hope that when you listen, you hear from Isaac and I a genuine enthusiasm for continuing on in this ministry and walking side by side, linked arms with you. Because that is truly like what our hearts, we are excited. We're thankful that we get to do this every week with you. Um, And we hope you're encouraged and we love hearing what encouragements you've gained from the podcast. So thank you. If you want to know how to pray for us, we get real in the last episode. So let's dive into this. Uh, I think you have a, well, I think the first thing is, you know, you want to reflect on these five Mm -hmm. things. So that then you can make some new decisions based on those five things. Mm-hmm. And then once you have decisions, you need to simplify it so you actually implement. If things aren't really, really simple, then people don't implement anything. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that it's memorable, that you can remember mm-hmm. what your decisions are mm-hmm. by simplifying it into. Yeah. And sometimes it could be one or two statements or uh, you know a couple words that remind you mm-hmm. of, the, uh, of the five decisions you made or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. So you listen to episode two for setting the mm-hmm. culture on that. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's uh, dive into point one. Point one is a really, really important question. What is the spiritual condition of your family? And when you're evaluating that, you want to really evaluate and reflect and be introspective on each individual within your family and don't leave yourself out. Yeah. This is a key point, <laughs> right? Don't leave yourself out. I think that that's like a word for moms, especially because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times we're so concerned about how everybody else is doing and trying to keep this, I, I like to call it the spiritual thermometer on where our kids are at. And sometimes we can get really focused on that and we forget to evaluate where we're at and what has God been teaching us? Am I growing? Am Have I met my own personal desire to connect with God this year on a regular basis? Or are there some, is there a need for some kind of change, a decision to be made? Maybe you need to share something with your spouse so you can have accountability so you can be abiding in God more. Don't leave yourself out. Hey, dads, you are crucial and your spiritual condition is vital. You will not Mm -hmm. take actions that help the spiritual condition of your family or you will take actions based on how you're doing in the Lord Mm -hmm. and your walk and how much you're reading the Bible and Mm -hmm. praying and what's your prayer life like? Uh, How is your uh, disciplines and all of these things? It's so important, Mm -hmm. folks, that we're leading well. You have Mm -hmm. so much influence. And if you have a wife like me, guys, that's really diligent, godly, and and, uh, (laughs) knowledgeable, I would say she still knows more scripture than I do. And I think it's, I think it's actually the way our brains Brains work. work. We're wired differently. So her memory is unbelievable. Okay. Thank you. But anyways, (laughs) uh, but that's not just because our wives are strong and growing doesn't mean we sit back. Not not at all. Mm -hmm. The children need both of us. And actually the guys, the dads are the pastors of the family. Mm -hmm. They're the spiritual leaders. Mm -hmm. Moms are spiritual leaders too. There's a team here. Okay. But it's really important that we're engaging, even if it appears that, wow, our wife is so good at that. She's got this dialed. I can just go provide and have fun with the kids. Wrong. Okay. (laughs) I love it. He just (laughs) drops the mic right there. Wrong. (laughs) So uh, we got a scripture on this. Okay. So Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? 
And I, I can I read verse 10? Because it's of so course. important. It says, read I, the Lord, search the heart. I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. This is so crucial. I think that a lot of times people will oftentimes quote verse 9, which is the heart is deceptible above all things and desperately sick who can understand it. And they don't even, they miss out on something that's super rich because we need to remember that while that is true, the Lord does search our hearts and we we should be walking out our faith with fear and trembling at Mm -hmm. the acknowledgement of that. Mm -hmm. And he tests the mind. Okay, that's an important thing. This the Bible is literally saying the I the Lord search the heart and test the mind. He's going to test your mind. He's going to test your faithfulness. He's going to test your faithfulness in that if if you, he's testing your mind, do you know what God's word says and are you willing to obey it? And this is how you know he's doing that. It says he gives every man according to his ways, according to the fruit mm. of his deeds. Mm. So this is about obedience. It's about walking in truth. It's about doing what, making the decisions that God has called you to make as a woman of God, as a man of God, as a husband, as a wife, as a mom and a dad. So when we're evaluating these different categories, rec- you got to recognize that God's going to test your mind and, and he's testing you and he's looking at your fruit yeah. as the test. Absolutely. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So we need to trust the Lord mm-hmm. with all of our heart. Mm-hmm. While we can't trust just our hearts apart from the Spirit, because mm-hmm. it can be deceitful, mm-hmm. as we just learned, we need to trust the Lord with all our mm-hmm. hearts. So the spiritual condition of your family, who in your family is trusting the Lord with all of their heart, not just their words, not just... Mm-hmm. uh a belief, which is important, mm-hmm. but with their actual heart and out of the heart flows actions, mm-hmm. flows Deeds, a, a way like of we just being, about. flows yeah. the rhythms of life, what actually shows up. Flows the decisions that you're willing to make even if they're hard, right? Which is what we're going to be talking about here in a few minutes when we go to a couple different categories. Different people would probably say that different categories that we're talking about here are going to be harder than others, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, the parent that maybe is completely out of connection, out of relationship with their kids because maybe they've become a workaholic, maybe they are so focused on themselves and their own agenda that when they come to a meeting like this, they have nothing to offer up as far as intel and discernment regarding their kid's spiritual condition. That is sad to me, right? That is sad. That is a reflection of like, whoa, hold up the horse. What have you been doing with your life? We need to take a moment and go, this is your responsibility. No one else can do this. But you, you guys are the parents. Sometimes I think there's questions we want to ask our kids, but sometimes people are too afraid to ask it because yeah. it's going to take a lot of time. So it's like, it's true. oh, how's your walk with the Lord going? But maybe you feel like you only have 10 minutes and it's going to take too long. You don't ask it. Or maybe you subconsciously don't want to know the answer because it's not going to be as good as you want. You know, 
what are the reasons maybe mm-hmm. we're not asking those deeper questions with our children and really knowing how they're doing or if they have any questions and so forth. Or maybe if they're not sharing with you, it's because there's actually a deep rooted issue in your relationship with them, which is going to take time to repair and heal and reconcile. And you're, you recognize that you acknowledge it in your head, but you think there's just no possible way you can do that right now because you don't have enough time. Right. And so whatever it is, like if you can't bring Intel, reflective insight to the conversation with your spouse regarding the different individuals in your family, including your spouse. Can I just say that? Including Mm -hmm. your spouse. Like if you don't know where the heart of your spouse is, if you don't know what's going on in their mind, that means you guys haven't been communicating. You haven't been connecting. You haven't been communing. You haven't been being one, Mm -hmm. which is what God calls you to. And that might be a convicting thing to hear right now, but I just really feel like this is super, super important because as you're going through asking a question, what is the spiritual condition of your family? Like you literally cannot be honestly sober-minded and reflective if you do not have relationships, which is point two. Point two is what is the state of relationships in our family? And outside of our family. So it's super important to think about that. And the first relationship is obviously your relationship with God, your relationship with God, Mm -hmm. and your children's relationship with God. We just talked about that. But to move on, the next most important relationship is your marriage. Mm -hmm. And what is the state of your marriage? And if that's a sore spot because you instantly start feeling like it's not where I'd like it to be, um, I have a vision for it that's much better than how it currently is. you know, that's tough, but it, it doesn't mean we don't think about it. It doesn't mean we don't set some new intentions and have some new discussions Mm -hmm. about desire for where the marriage could be. And sometimes only God can fix some of the problems out there. We understand that. Um, but there you go. It's like Mm -hmm. a fervent hope and prayer that's renewed as you reflect and you think about that. Um, but some marriages are going fine, but they're, they're kind of just like going, sustaining. just sustaining, and there needs to be a new or vigor. surviving. And a, I, you know, that's and a, a good word. A new energy, a new desire. Maybe it starts with a little more desire on both parts to uh, make it better. Maybe the other part isn't having that desire, but if you do, well, you're getting God involved in the marriage in a mm-hmm. deeper way through your prayers. And so yeah. that is really important to reflect on regardless of where your marriage mm-hmm. is at. Can I just say something on the topic of marriage for a second? I think that... Um, there's a need for both husbands and wives to recognize that what they model in their marriage before their children makes massive impact. It's the little things that you think they don't see, that they see, that they catch, okay? And the truth is, is that a lot of people are not intentionally preparing their children for marriage. And it is probably one of the most vital relationships mm. to be focused on preparing your child for, actually. And I, you know, as I have older children, this is something that I'm like, wow, like, mm. you know, I even see it with, um, it's interesting when you have older kids and you have younger kids, I see it with some of our younger kids where if we're watching Little House on the Prairie as a family and someone <laughs> will be like, oh, it's so funny when Laura falls in love with Almanzo, you know, and I don't remember like um, our older kids at that age being aware of that and like the whole marriage 
relationship in such a way. And I think that part of it is that we've got, you know, one that's already married. They've seen it. And they've, they've seen, seen the progression. It. They've seen the pro- progression of the courtship time, of the dating time, of the engagement time and marriage. And then now they have their first baby. And so they've they've been able to witness it and it's fresh and it's right there in front of their face. And, and I am so thankful for their example being mm. godly because what if our kids were not walking in a godly marriage and our other kids were seeing that how 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 impactful would that be right and so I, the reason why i bring this up is because one of your children's going to get married first and be an example to the other kids and so you guys need to have like if there was ever a motive an extra motivation other than just obeying scripture and also loving your spouse and wanting to have a thriving marriage it would be that for parents right oh, you yeah. know this is a parenting podcast so i have to bring that up like recognize that we need to be teaching our children how marriage should be by modeling it. And so do you pursue your spouse? Amen. And then the next relationship is sibling relationships. How are their relationships amongst each other? Mm -hmm. And think through the details of that. Now, maybe there's two siblings that really get along, but there's another one that really is kind of might be feeling like an outsider and uh, is not Mm -hmm. as connected or is really rambunctious. So it's hard for the other siblings mm-hmm. to play with and get along, or maybe the older ones are not having uh, an understanding that they too were once there mm-hmm. in a lack of being able to be carry on a good or, conversation yeah. or be patient just because mm-hmm. they're younger and they don't bring them up. Instead, they shove them out mm-hmm. of the picture. And so in terms of play and life and things like that. So mm-hmm. what are, where are those and what's your heart's desire mm-hmm. for the sibling relationships, because until you pinpoint it and are decisive about it, mm-hmm. probably nothing's going to change. I would say, too, when it comes to just talking about kids in a family, one of the things that is important to evaluate when you're thinking about your kids and you're thinking about their relationships with one another, you also should evaluate your relationship with each of your children as well. And then your spouse's spouse should do the same thing and evaluate their relationship. And this is a good time to go, hey, you know what? I just feel kind of disconnected from this child and is there any way we can make it an, a priority that I spend a little bit more alone time with that kid or whatever? There have been seasons mm-hmm. like that where Isaac and I have had those conversations where we go, you know, what's really needed is discipleship from the mom, like the mom to the daughter or the son to the dad, you know, and make it, it takes a team effort to be able to make that happen, doesn't it? That's why it needs to be a conversation because if you have other children, then the other parent needs to be behind that and proactively willing to be parenting the other one ones, you know, alone for a short while while the other person's pursuing that kid. I used to um, be in a business where I managed a lot of different people, leaders running different offices all over two states. And it was really, it could be overwhelming. Um, But instead, I just imagined a thermometer above their heads of their, you know, how they're doing, like how full is the thermometer. And I always think about that. How full is the thermometer in terms of relationship with me, their leader? Mm-hmm. How full is the thermometer towards commitment to their business and these things? And you can translate that directly to your children. How how full is that thermometer? Mm-hmm. Is it is it really hot red in your relationship with them? Or mm-hmm. is it, you know, in the orange level right. or worse? And, you know, where's that with the siblings too? And so and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very visual person. Yeah. So that really helps me to kind of go, yeah. okay, that, that thermometer is a little low. What are we going to do about yeah. that? 
So we've talked about a spiritual thermometer and now a relational thermometer. I love this because it is a visual thing. I think it needs to be evaluated. And just like the temperature can go up and down minute to minute, it's pretty true that that thermometer gauge could definitely go up and down as well. And that's normal because we're, we're, we're human and mm-hmm. we're dealing with humans, right? And so we have to offer grace with one another. But this is a thing. Offering grace means that you have to have discipled your children in understanding what grace is. Otherwise, that thermometer is going to be off. And they're going to have a hard time giving what they haven't received or they don't understand, right? And then there's relationships with everybody else, uh, yeah. peer relationships, uh, relationships with church, community, yeah. um, if educational places, mm-hmm. uh, you know, friendships. All of those things uh, are really important to evaluate. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. We have a scripture here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. It says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And so, you know, we have to, when when we're, when we're parents and we have kids that are younger, I think that it is safe to say that it is our jurisdiction, our responsibility to choose wisely who we're spending time with mm-hmm. um, and to recognize that we actually are the ones that choose our children's friends. Can I just say that very bluntly? As parents, we should proactively be choosing our children's friends when they're younger. And then as they get older, we need to start equipping them with truth like this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, warning them and teaching them how to discern what is good morals, what is bad morals, right? Bad company. What does that mean? Yes, you have to teach your children to make some judgments. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people, especially young people, believe, including maybe ourselves, that you're not influenceable. 
that that scripture, while you, it's in the Bible, so you'd say, I believe that, then you take it to yourself and you go, mm-hmm. no, I can stand strong. The The movie won't influence me. Mm-hmm. The, the peer relationships won't influence me. And the fact is, scientifically proven mm-hmm. that we are all really influenced. Well, I'll give you a quick, there's this organization that's t- uh, been testing the influence of Google on elections and these kinds of things. And it's the only company that's done this. And they've had real people analyzing searches on over 10,000 different people's um, Google searches. And they volunteered for this. And uh, what they found is Google can sway by 40% mm. people's choices on who they vote for just by teeing up certain information and not showing other information wow. uh, when people search for things. So are we influenceable? Yes. You may have heard in a different episode me th- me say, uh, don't think about a pink elephant. And you can't not imagine a pink elephant. So yeah. I just influenced you. And that's from a business book I read. But, you know, it's it's we are so influenceable mm-hmm. and we need to teach our kids that part of that equipping made me think about that. Equip your yes. kids to understand that they are influenceable. We need to keep our minds captive and have a renewing of our mind with scripture mm-hmm. and be careful who we spend time with. Mm-hmm. Amen. I love it. You know, and I think that that's a great um, turning point into our third category here to evaluate, which is community. I mean, we did talk about the rest a little bit, and this is just a segue into this next um, topic, which is a bigger topic, right? Because the truth is, is if we want our children to be walking in the way and we want them to have good morals, if you will, mm-hmm. and we want them to be among good company, and we understand that their peers are going to influence them, their teachers are going to influence them, their our friends are going to influence them, their family, grandparents, aunts mm-hmm. and uncles, you. There's so many people that influence influence us, but also influence our children, we must evaluate our community Mm -hmm. and recognize that there is a a temptation to just be in the same place because it's comfortable or just be among the same people because we've always been among these people and we have history together. Like even think about growing up and going to school, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, and, and seeing, um, people who still hang out with their friends from high school, for example. And it's like, why? Why is that? Is it that they have grown together or is it that they haven't grown and they've just stayed in the same community, even if it was potentially toxic and they now are like, they've been influenced. They all influence each other, right? Praise the Lord. If you have friends from high school and we've all grown and iron sharpens iron, that would be awesome. That, and that can be a case, but this is a point. Evaluate it. Yeah. Like that's what we're saying. Like evaluate the community. Evaluate. Does God actually want you to be in the community that you're in? Is it God glorifying is the question because our lives aren't about us. It's not about being comfortable. It's not Mm -hmm. about being um, around people that we've always been around and not being purposeful. We should try to be witnesses, lights, iron in each other's lives, regardless of where we are. But if you can't do that in your community, or if you are getting dragged down or pulled away from biblical truth, being tempted to walk in sin versus walk in righteousness, then you must, these are all questions that you've got to be asking regarding your community. Because the truth is, is if we're wanting that for our kids, if we want good for our kids, but we're not living it, then they're never going to. So what are the pluses and what are the negatives of your communities that you're in? And if you're not honest about the negatives, because that relational tie is so strong, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. then you might be jeopardizing the condition of your family. Yeah. So it's really important to be introspective and honest. And sometimes one mm-hmm. spouse is more honest than the other because one has a stronger relational tie and the other one needs to wake the other one up. And so yeah. it's really important that you analyze that and that we're running the race. Mm-hmm. You're never going to run the race with perfect people because they don't exist. You aren't either. Right. But it is good to be sober minded about yeah. this and go, you know, reflect on this and go, hey, you know, wh- what is is there mm-hmm. a, a change that we want for community? Is there mm-hmm. something we desire that we're not experiencing right now? And or, ask yeah. God for it. And I think that you also need to recognize, like, ask yourself questions. These are some questions I've asked is, are these people allowing us to actually challenge them to grow? And to spur them onto good works, or are they opposing it? Are they not wanting to learn and grow and be challenged? Or are right? they spurring us on? Right, because they're stronger yep. than That's us the next and part. encouraging us to grow. And yep. both of those are important. And it should go both ways. But when someone doesn't want you to challenge them to grow, and they don't know how to challenge you to grow then eventually that relationship's likely going to die if you're trying to walk in biblical community, right? Here's a verse in Hebrews 10, chap, uh, chapter 10, verse 24. It says, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Obviously, we see the day drawing near. People talk about it all the time. And the truth is, is that God has created relationships for a purpose. This is part of the purpose, how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. I even think about this verse also reminds me of um, people who are maybe going to church and doing the natural, normal rhythms of Christianity, which we talked about in the last podcast, right? Mm -hmm. That things need to change. Parenting needs to change. Yeah. Um, or you're going to reap results that you don't actually desire and pray for, okay? And so living biblically is sometimes hard. Sometimes you have to make hard decisions, and sometimes that is regarding the community or the people that you currently have in your midst around your children, influencing them, right? And this topic of like potentially going to church and walking out and not actually knowing each other, it makes it easy for people to hide there is no stirring up of good works. And when like those, like everyone has mm-hmm. their things, okay? Everybody has their mess, if you will. Everybody has their past sins, their guilt. Mm-hmm. Everybody has like things they regret that they wish they wouldn't have done or wish they would have done. Like th- that's just the reality of humanity because we're human, right? But this is a thing. When you're walking in biblical community with people, and this is what has to be evaluated, you're sharing those things with other people and they're sharing those things with you and you're holding each other accountable and you're praying for each other and encouraging each other to walk out of bondage and mm-hmm. live as free people because that is what Jesus died for. Amen. And so like when we're evaluating community, we need to really think about our church relationships, our community, our biblical friendships and go, are they actually like, and if they aren't, can I just encourage you mm-hmm. to be brave and and share the desire that you have to have more intentional relationships, sorry, with that person. Go out on a limb, be courageous, and be willing to say, hey, you know what, I'm really desiring to be closer and have a more biblical friendship, and I'd love it if we could pray together. Start there. That's a simple 
simple idea of how to start moving forward. In yeah, a maybe it's nourishing what you already have in a more spiritual direction. And the fourth thing is health. Mm-hmm. This is important. Um, it's not the most important, but it is important mm-hmm. because God wants us to run the race well. And if we don't have good health, that's a challenge. The good news is as believers, we're going to heaven if something happens, but there are threats out there mm-hmm. and we're not to operate in fear, but we're to be wise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're already testing other viruses. There's there's uh, the World Economic Forum is talking about they're already running drills for uh, a virus that specifically attacks youth mm-hmm. in a more deadly way. Mm-hmm. And it seems like whatever the drills they do tends to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm not trying to create any fear here, but we do need to be aware, uh, be aware of things. Yeah. Okay. So First uh, Corinthians, uh, you know, six nineteen through 20 says, uh, let's see here. First Corinthians six. Oh, I got to get there. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, sorry about that. But it's the one about the Holy Temple here. So, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? Mm. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Mm-hmm. You know, so we do need to take care of the Holy Temple so that we can yeah. be good stewards, so we can be around to shepherd our kids and then mm-hmm. our grandchildren and be mm-hmm. an influence. And Something I've been convicted on, I'm like, I need to get with it again. Yeah, I've had periods where I am with it, with health, mm-hmm. and then I get busy and there's so many things and there's just excuses. We have time for what's a priority. We need to make health a priority, not an idol, but right. it needs to be a priority. You just said a ping word to me and I, that I have had on my mind that I wanted to share regarding this topic because it's easy for people to go, oh, I feel guilty on the topic of health. I don't work out enough or I don't do this or I don't do that or I wanted to get off of gluten or I wanted, you know, everybody has their thing that they've thought about in evaluating health, but very not very often do I feel like people are actually asking the question, have I made an idol out of my health? And this is just as sinful, if not, I don't know if there's anything such as more because God just views all things similarly in this regard. Mm -hmm. But he's a jealous God, you guys, and he does not want us to make idols out of anything, let alone our own bodies for crying out loud. I mean, when we make an idol out of our health and working out, for example, or even just nutritional eating can become an idol. We've seen it happen in people's lives where they've allowed it to become something that's caused division within the body of Christ. And we've seen how terrible, how divisive, how destructive that can be in the church, right? In relationships, in families, it's devastating. But this is something that needs to be evaluated. How do other people perceive me regarding this topic of health? Is Am I a stumbling block? Is my, my, uh, my goals or what I'm doing, is it truly Christ-centered about treating my body as a temple, or is there maybe some pride that goes into it? Do I judge other people as like, why aren't they doing it more than me or whatever? And and I think this is an important evaluation that needs to be had because we yeah. got to surrender those things and confess and repent to other believers and to God if that's something we have sinned. And here's an encouragement is I think that it's this, this can be both ways, but wives, I just would encourage, I've seen... Angie, understand natural health and what to take and the natural paths to things. We believe in medicine, of course, but we always try and take a natural path. 
as as far as we can. And there's got to be natural maintenance happening of the right vitamins, the right mix of things. And that can be a big subject. And so instead of being overwhelmed, what I've witnessed, if we have come across really good natural experts that we use, like doctors that take a natural path to things, mm-hmm. um, and then she is constantly learning and asking questions, and then she's reading books, following up, and then mm-hmm. she's she's layering on knowledge upon knowledge over the years to where now she really has this amazing expertise hmm. in natural medicine. Thank you. It is really incredible, and his is probably saved somebody's life in our family because there's been close calls and through natural paths of really amazing things. Obviously mm-hmm. God's in control here, mm-hmm. but we can give him the credit. But, yeah. but anyways, I do appreciate that about you. Thank and you. I, th- I think that it is really, really important as we've seen the abuses in the medical world mm-hmm. to be discerning and to not believe what's being projected at us, but we mm-hmm. need to be critical thinkers based on a growing set of knowledge about what is healthy. Yeah, and I would say on this topic too, there's a lot of teachers out there. There's a lot of people who, you know, for them, maybe their faith is weaker. Maybe they are less spiritually mature. Maybe they have not been a Christian for very long. Maybe they have a background in the occult. And so for them, it's a temptation for them to want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say that all things are bad, including like essential oils. I would just use that as an example, right? And my personal belief is that God gave us these things for our good, for us to steward well. They're neutral things that are neither good nor bad, and it's up to humankind. It's up to human, the humanity, to use them God's way or to use them not God's way. And we need to take that jurisdiction on responsibly, again, not making an idol out of those things, which is what we've talked about, right? And I, But I've seen Christians go too far and make an idol out of those things so that when someone gets sick, the very first thing they run to is that oil or the very first thing they run to is that supplement. And that's also not okay, right? And it's not that we don't know what to do, We, but what we do is we have a correct order in our mind of praying and asking God to be the healer and to give mm-hmm. us wisdom and discernment and what tools he's given us that we should be using in this very moment. And then we start thinking, we think critically and we go look at the symptoms and we try to choose what's right. And we continue praying, God, I pray this works. Let your will be done. That in my mind is a biblical, neutral, balanced mm-hmm. perspective um, there are so many aspects we could talk about regarding health, but we really want to move on to the next one, which is education. Education is so important because, uh, you know, who's teaching them? What are they teaching? Mm-hmm. Um, all these things. And, you know, I think it's important to think beyond. We did a whole episode on this. I think it was about home education. But and that's not the only point we're making here. Yeah. But regardless of how you educate your kids, um, what's the most important mm-hmm. to you beyond the basics? That's the question. So what is most important to you beyond the basics? A question mm-hmm. to ask, mm-hmm. you know, on point four, I don't know, we turned it into a question. What is the the health of your family and where do you mm-hmm. want it to be? And, you know, how healthy is the community and how, where do you want it to go? And, you know, how healthy are the relationships in your family? And mm-hmm. what is the spiritual condition of your family? So there's the question. So on five here, what is the education? You know, what's most important beyond the basics? Right. And, uh, you know, we have a list and you can have your own list. Doesn't need to be our list, no. but here's some things that are important to us. That, now, uh, yeah. Before you go through the list, when he said, you know, beyond the basics, I mean, obviously there's the reading, writing, arithmetic, 
authentic, right? Like you want to equip your kids with the basic tools. And so those are not included in our list, but they like that we're going to be sharing with you, but those are like obvious things. So there's like obvious things, right? Like discipling your children. That's an obvious Mm -hmm. thing, right? And so, but, but when it comes to our list, hopefully this is something that challenges you to think beyond what normal education is actually, because I really do feel like this is more like life equipping. Yeah. So what are experiences you can help create, you know, that teach certain things? What are, how about public speaking? I think that is incredibly important. You know, another one that's really important is the sales, the ability (laughs) to sell. And it is so vital. It doesn't mean they need Mm -hmm. to have a sales job to learn it. No. But, um, I, I believe our children are learning sales without having a sales job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's amazing. And having a sales jobs great too. That's a rat, path I took when I was younger. Um, so I think that that is a vital skill because it leads to resourcefulness. The skills within that is a, is a resilience and a resourcefulness that is really important. It actually kind of equips you for a little bit more of independence in the sense of not being dependent on any man, Mm -hmm. right? When you're able to even think out of the box, like bartering or just any of those things comes from that experience, right? And But I also think about just how sales also can teach people communication skills um, apart from public speaking, right? You mentioned public speaking, but really it's speech of any kind of being able to communicate what you believe, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Why are we here? It's to know God and make him known. How do you make him known? Well, hopefully our lives speak louder than our words, but we should also, if we have the ability to speak, be speaking praises of our Lord, be leading other people to him, discipling people so that they can then be baptized and enter into the kingdom of heaven. This is exciting. I like thinking about skills that are hard for artificial intelligence to ever do. Right. So person this is really person. important. So you think about jobs in the future. Well, artificial intelligence is rapidly, there's something that just came out, the rapidly excelling. But what are some things that are always distinctly human? And I want my children to, to be really good at those mm-hmm. distinctive human things, which mm-hmm. is the ability to influence with words mm-hmm. in, you know, unique situations and mm-hmm. different situations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and speaking and, and sales, the ability to sell mm-hmm. is important. Ability to sell. I mean, every time one of our children does a kid's podcast, they are selling their points. Mm-hmm. They're making an outline, representing them, mm-hmm. making them, and then backing it up and supporting it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. So uh, resourcefulness is another one. We kind of talked about that. What skills can they learn that will w- potentially in the future they could earn money from? So they may go in some path or career, but what skills can they back? Can they fall back on mm-hmm. uh, to provide for their families? Right. I, you know, I even thinking of that, I think of us growing food and canning and preserving and um, harvesting food and just all of the different things that you learn in that process and doing that with your children of any age, actually, you can do it with your kids of any age and you should be at some level because it also helps them to have an amazement for our creator and an understanding that God is the one who brings the increase. Mm -hmm. And it's also an opportunity for them to have to deal with life and death in a sense, because there are seasons where things are growing 
where things are thriving, where they're producing fruit, and then a season where things are dying back and going dormant. And that provides you an opportunity to to actually teach them things, right? I even think of livestock, taking care of animals of any kind. And then when they die, like having to deal with what is death. And like when you're actually living out the life that God has designed for us all to live out, where we are actually working hard, we're not striving to not have to work. That's not a biblical concept. What is biblical is, Lord, how do I steward what you've given me? Hmm. How do I do it to glorify you? How do I equip my children so that they are prepared for as best as possible for whatever potential circumstances will be there for them in the future? How about writing? I know that's a basic, but I just wanted to bring that in. Like writing to influence and to teach and to communicate your thoughts and ideas. I think that's different than just basic writing. It's like, you know, you, someone once said you can change the world with a stroke of a pen. And so just remember that writing with that kind of mindset and the belief, I remember telling Ethan that not too long ago, and he Mm -hmm. got really inspired to become a better writer. And I just think writing is such Mm -hmm. an important skill. Mm -hmm. It's, it's it's the written form. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's more powerful actually than actual speaking Mm -hmm. because it's permanent. There's a permanence to writing. Uh, I suppose through video, there's a permanence to speaking too, but there's unique permanence to writing. That's really Mm -hmm. special. We're going to do a lot more writing in this next year. That's Mm -hmm. one of our things Mm -hmm. uh, ourselves. Now history, accurate history. How about the parts of history that are being attacked by the global elites and the, Mm -hmm. the education system and all these things. How about presenting an accurate view of that history and Mm -hmm. making sure of that so that they are, even though they're going to be a minority in the future, they have this anchor points of accurate history, even if there's hard to find those books in the future and those kinds of things. And I even think about when you're teaching history along with that, you're teaching spiritual discernment and how to guard their minds from wayward philosophers um, and wayward philosophies as well, because there are false teachers that are out among people, even wolves in sheep's clothing. And just recognizing like that we all have a responsibility as teachers. And I said, we all, Like, obviously, Isaac and I are doing this podcast, and we understand and we walk with fear and trembling regarding James 3.1. Many of you should want to be teachers, my brother, unless you receive a stricter judgment. Mm -hmm. And that is true. But when you become a parent, you become a teacher. And there will be an account for what you've taught your kids, what you have not taught your kids, and what you've taught them by way of omission, which is something we've talked about in the past. Isaac's brought that up in previous podcasts. But regarding history, like, are you teaching them how to discern what is true, what is right? And um, teaching them that there are false things. You can't just believe everything you read today, Mm -hmm. right? And understanding that there is a need for prayer, for spiritual discernment over every single one of our children. We need to be watchmen on the wall, praying over our kids, biblical fruits, Mm -hmm. biblical gifts that God wants to give them because it is, we're not, always going to be there you know yeah. and so we have to do our job in equipping them now contemporary world problems is another one uh that i think is important and don't be threatened by that if you're not super knowledgeable what's going on in the world and the different events and the history about events and why that matters for today and these kinds of things mm-hmm. i would say start it really is in a parent's jurisdiction today to be teaching contemporary world problems not delegating that to some other teacher because they're likely to put a bad, um, they have a a different paradigm, not maybe a biblical paradigm that they're teaching those things through. Mm -hmm. And just, uh, it is vital to understand 
different history on these things, but uh, to be sharing it with our children as uh, age appropriate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of you might have really little children, but you should be learning. I mean, Mm -hmm. at least one of you learning on these things so that you're caught up. I am Mm -hmm. thankful that for the last, I would say, 10 years, I've been paying attention Mm -hmm. and really paying attention. Mm -hmm. And so not only when I see the news, not only do I see what the news is saying, and I'm very careful where I get Mm -hmm. the sources, right? Um, But then I can extrapolate whether that's true or not based on all that I have researched and learned about in the past. And so it's very hard for me to be fooled. I can be fooled for sure. Everybody can. But it's harder because I've been paying attention to stuff for the last decade Mm -hmm. and really closely and being very careful for the last 10 years of where I got my news sources and learned from and Mm -hmm. always been aware that, you know, there's propaganda and these kinds of things. What's happening with the Twitter reveal right now and all the files and so forth where the federal government conspired with big tech to push propaganda and influence elections and different things uh, on a liberal direction. It is so important that we are teaching our children Mm -hmm. how to critically think. And it's hard to critically think if there's a lack of knowledge about contemporary world Mm -hmm. problems. We have a verse for you that I'd like to encourage you to share with your children. It's Proverbs 18, 15. It says, an intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Isn't that interesting that God's word is saying intelligent heart. Our hearts have an ability to be intelligent Mm -hmm. and it's the intelligent heart that acquires knowledge. It's not saying the intelligent mind acquires knowledge. It's very interesting to me. And then to pay attention, the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. So if you want your children to be wise, right? So you're going to train them up to go, hey, if you want wisdom, like then you're going to be open-eared to seek out and learn knowledge from a person who has a heart that is intelligent and has acquired knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's one person seeking after another there, and it gives a description of both. It's really beautiful. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Why is this? Because if we're going to make wise decisions, we need to be introspective, knowledgeable, understanding, and discerning. So to wrap up, reflect on these five questions, make some decisions together, and simplify mm-hmm. what you're going to do moving mm-hmm. forward. So what is the spiritual condition of your family? Mm-hmm. What are What is the state of relationships uh, in your family? What is, uh, what is your community like and how could it be better? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is the health of your family and how do we need to be more prepared? And education, you know, what's most important beyond the basics and, you know, who's influencing our mm-hmm. children? I think it's important to think about these things. You can ask that question in your own way, mm-hmm. uh, write them down and bring them to a marriage conversation. And, you know, it, it, it be, might be lively. You might want to pray first. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and end in prayer as well, because as you're seeking God's will for your family, sometimes we can make plans as humans, but we need to let the Lord direct our steps. And so sometimes he asks us to do something that's hard, right? And we just would encourage you guys, and we're praying for you guys, to be courageous and to do the biblical thing next, right? So don't forget to jump back into the app and look for the first and second podcast that we did on vision and on culture. Those two are going to give you even more encouragement on a topic very similar to what we covered today. Or if you don't listen on an app, be courageousministry.org. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.